Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. There's like this awesome buzz in the room. This is so great. My name is Matt. Uh, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, I've uh, like Taka said, Taka used that word earlier. He said sister church. And my heart like totally jumped. I'm just the beauty of that, the family. Like I love that. That really, I don't know why that word just landed on me. And we are that way. So we are family today. Some of you, we are family we haven't met before. Uh, some of you, like some of my friends in the back tech booth, we are family that we know each other. But uh, wherever you are, day one, day 100 here, you've seen us once, you've never seen us. We're so glad to be here. The, the Holy Spirit is in this room. He's moving in the hearts. Uh, he's not surprised that any of you are here. This isn't shocking to God. He's been waiting for this moment to speak with you, to connect with you, to heal you, and to transform you. So my name is Matt. I'm really excited. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then I want to jump into what I want to share today. Lord, your presence is here, and I pray that you'd give us ears to hear, you'd give us eyes to see. Lord, would you slow down our minds? Would you quiet the thoughts that are contrary to you? Would you cast out distractions? And may we just get a clear picture of your face, your love, your character, and all that you are. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you guys can take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 4, that's going to be our main text for today. I'm going to be reading from the NLT version. So if you're doing Bible on the phone or the tablet and you want to follow along word for word, switch to NLT. But 1 John chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. It's at the very end of your Bible. If you're still new to work, figuring out how your Bible works, it's almost the last few pages. 1 John 4, we're going to start in verse 7. It says this, dear friends, like Taka said, this is written to us, dear voice, dear new life, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Can I get an amen to that? We don't say God is loving. We say God is love. Let's keep reading. Verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, 
God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Stop right there. So for years, my wife was saying, we need to get one of those uh, cut-out silhouette shots of our kids. Do you guys know what we're talking about? They have these at, like, Disneyland. They have these at fairs. It's these black and white silhouettes that are made with scissors. And so we happened to be at Disneyland a month ago. And I've kind of been putting it off for a while, just the frugal part of me. is like, do we really need to spend money on that? Do we really need to do that? My wife's like, yes, we need to do it. Today's the day. So we're at Disneyland, and we go in the line. And I kid you not... We meet the Michael Jordan of silhouette shots. This woman, we asked her, we said, how long have you been doing this for? And she says, I've been doing this for 30 years. And so I said, take a guess. I said, how how many silhouette shots have you done? And she says, oh, I I don't even know. But she said, well over 100,000. And so as we're watching her, she's incredible. So she takes scissors, she, she looks at your family, she looks at your children, and she's, she's snipping and she's cutting, but it looks totally random. Like she's not being crazy intentional, she's just kind of going for it. She's even making small talk with you as she's doing it. And you, and you think she's not paying attention at all. And then after, kid you not, it takes like 90 seconds. After 90 seconds, She pulls it up, unfolds it, and look what she creates. So this is my family. This is Jameson, my six-year-old, Georgia, my four-year-old, and Walker, our 10-month-old. Do you know what's even more impressive than this? Is Walker, he wasn't with us at Disneyland. That's my little boy. And so we're in line, and Erin, my wife, makes a game-time decision. She says, well, I want to see if she can add Walker to the photo. I'm like, well, how is she going to add Walker to the photo? He's not here. And she's like, well, we'll text my, my mom, who was watching Walker, and we'll see if my mom can text in a profile shot of Walker, and we'll see if she can add it in. Well, babies don't sit still for profile shots. So my mom is like wrestling the baby. She kind of snaps the shot, sends it to me. I show it to the woman, and she goes, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do that. She was incredible, right? Incredible that she can create this in 90 seconds. And some of you don't know my children. Some of you do. It's very accurate. Very accurate, right? Incredible that this woman, her actions have the ability to create an accurate portrait of someone else. Let me say that again. Her actions have the ability to create an accurate portrait of someone else. I say that because 1 John actually links to what I just told you. If you go to 1 John chapter 4.12, the last verse, I want to read it one more time. 1 John 4.12 says this. It says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other... God lives in us, and watch this line, his love is brought to full expression in us. Now, you might wonder, what does that mean that God's love is brought to full expression? Well, it's trying to communicate that God's love begins to become clear. So what 1 John is saying is that if we love each other, God, his character, because he is love, Begin his profile, his silhouette begins to become clear to the world around us. First John is saying, you, 
voice, you, new life, like that woman at Disneyland, have the ability and your actions can create a profile of God to the world. You've been handed scissors and God has said, here, would you create a profile of me for the world around you? Would you sketch me to my other sons and daughters? Now, this is an odd strategy when you think about God's ultimate goal. You might be new to church and you're saying, well, what is God's ultimate goal? I believe God's ultimate goal is to be in a personal relationship with each and every person. He doesn't want to settle for vague, distant love. He wants intimacy one-on-one with each and every one of you. That's God's ultimate goal, to be in a relationship with every single person. Now, think about how we operate here. If you want to get in a relationship today, let's be real. What's the most common, typical thing to do? You probably go online, right? You would, you would go and you create an online profile. And what would be the first thing you do? You would upload a profile picture. So if I want to get in a relationship in 2023, I'm most likely going to, you would create a, um, an online profile and you'd upload a profile picture. Now, what if I told you that person who was looking to do that, that person said, hey, I'm going to enlist the work of an artist. I'm going to have an artist create my profile picture for me. You'd say, that's a little strange, but maybe the artist is extremely talented and it might actually work out in your favor. Like the artist can actually make you look beautiful and the the profile shot works because you hired an artist, right? Maybe you hire like an AI generator artist and they make you look like a superhero. And then it would work out in your favor because the profile picture, you hired an artist and the artist crushed it, killed it, and it actually goes very well for you. It increases the likelihood of you getting into a relationship. But what if you hired this guy? Show, Show the next slide. So this guy's name is John, and John runs a business called badcaricatures.com. And if you pay John $5, and this is a real business, you pay him $5, he'll create a caricature of you that you can have for the rest of your life. Let me show you some of John's work. So someone sent in a picture of Laura, seems like a lovely woman, and then this, right, this is the caricature that he draws. Let's go to the next one. Here we got Rico coming in strong. Let's look at the next one. Claire. And let's do one more. Neil. Now, wouldn't it be crazy if one of them used that caricature as their online dating profile picture? Might not go too well. Right? I'm, not, I'm not taking a giant leap here to say that's not the best strategy if you're looking for a relationship. You hired the wrong guy. You enlisted the wrong artist. And in a lot of ways, we are like John and badcaricatures.com. Let me explain. See, God has enlisted us and said, hey, I need you to create a profile. I need you to create a silhouette of me. I need you to make my love clear to the world around me. And often we butcher the job. We gossip about our neighbors. And do you know what happens? God gets caricatured a little bit. When we're at Little League, 
and we explode on the ump and we start berating the coach in front of other teammates, do you know what happens? God's profile, it gets a little off. When we cheat on our taxes, when we're unfaithful to our spouse, when we objectify and make objects out of other humans, when we blow up on our coworkers, when we choose violence, physical or verbal, against another image bearer, do you know what's happening? It's God's profile and his beauty gets distorted. And he's given us this task and said, hey, no one's seen me. No one's really seen the full expression of my love, but you, voice, you, new life, my church, you will help me. You will bring my beauty to the world. You will show everybody the glory of who I am. And yet we often drop the ball. And the version that we give of God is a caricatured, distorted version. I want to read a couple quotes. The first one is from a guy named Cecilus, and he was a historian. He's not a Christian. He's a historian from the year 200 AD. So go back about 1800 years ago. And I want you to hear his description of the church. I'm going to turn around so I can read it myself. But this is his description. He says, they know one another by secret marks and signs. And they love one another almost before they know one another. Look at this next slide. It is incredible to see the fervor with which the people of that religion help each other in their wants. They spare nothing. Their first legislator, Jesus, has put it into their heads that they're all brothers. So here's an outsider. He's not a Christian. He's like, this strange group of people, they love each other before they even know each other. They share with one another. They don't have a regard for what's mine and what's yours. They basically just say, you can have it because they all think they're family. And he's right and going, that's very strange. But what's obvious to him is the love that they have. Look at this quote from Tertullian. Look what he has to say. He is a believer, and look what he has to self-describe the church. He says, it is our care for the helpless, our practice of loving kindness that brands us in the eyes of many of our opponents. Look at this next part. Look, they say, how they love one another. Look how they are prepared to die for one another. There was a time when the church was known for its love. Outsiders were aware of it. Insiders were aware of it. When you thought of those radical, crazy Christians, what came to mind was their love for one another. Because why? Because they knew, oh, I've been given a task. It's my job to make God's love clear. It's my job to make God's love come to full expression. And so therefore, they did love. Talk at nine, he shared this earlier. The reason why we love doing combined services is because we think it paints a more accurate picture of God to the world around us. 
We think that when we gather, no, we don't create a perfect silhouette of God, but the silhouette becomes a little bit more accurate. As opposed to the status quo, the mindset I had for a long time is that churches are in competition with each other. Right, we're we're out to get each other. I'm competing for your members, you're competing for mine. And so what do we do? We, we kind of slander each other. We, we maybe throw bombs, we call each other heretics. We're just always competing. And do you know what happens when the church takes on that approach? The beauty and love of God gets caricatured. And like Taka says, the outsiders look and they go, I would never be a part of that. I don't want to be in relationship with that God. Because if you are the representation of that God, thanks, but no thanks. AKA, the profile pic that you guys are creating of your God, I'll pass. I want to introduce you to two men named David and Johan. You can throw up their picture. And David and Johan were a part of the Moravian community in the 1800s. And the Moravian community was a pretty special group of people. There were brothers and sisters in Christ who decided we want to live together. We really want to follow Jesus together. We want to share. We want to pray. We want to care for one another. They actually implemented 24-7 prayer, where each person in the community would take an hour slot of prayer. Guess how long that remained unbroken? 100 years of continuous prayer came out of the Moravian community. And David and Johan were a part of it. And one day, like only God can, he gets a hold of their heart and he, tells, he gives them a God-given love for the people in the Virgin Islands. But there was a problem. Is the Virgin Islands was predominantly a slave colony. And so David and Johan couldn't just go move and be a part of them. But they wouldn't be deterred their love and their desire to be among the people kept getting stronger and stronger. And so they did the only thing that they thought they could is they said, well, we will sell ourselves into slavery so we can be among them. And the elders of the Moravian community, remember, this is a pretty radical community. Even they are like, hey, you got to tone it down a little. Like, like, we've never heard of that. And so they said, we're actually not going to allow you to go right now. First, we're going to insist that you pray about it for an entire year. Because the elders of the community are thinking, you're just kind of caught up in this emotional high. It'll probably fade away. There's no way you'd want to do this after a year of prayer. And so they say, David and Johan, you're actually not allowed to go. We'll talk about this in one year. David and Johan say, fine. They submit to the elders of the community. One year later, the elders approached them, thinking this crazy idea would be gone. And David and Johan say, the calling is even stronger now than it was before. We're going. And so they board a slave ship, and they sail to the Virgin Islands. And this is the quote, as the boat is leaving. Look what the quote they say. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. I want to tell you something that David and Johan, they weren't the first to do this. This isn't an original idea. They actually copied it 
from someone else. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. I'll show you where they copied it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Stop right there. What do we read? Who was the original? Jesus left his homeland safely in the bosom of the Father, enjoying the community amongst the Trinity, having everything and having no needs. And he gives that up to leave everything that's comfortable to go to a distant land called earth. But not as a king, not as an emperor, not as a ruler. But what does the text say? As a slave. He willingly became a slave. Why? So that we could become free. He said, I will stand in their place. I will die in their place. I will ransom my children back. I will stop at nothing so that we can have a relationship, so that we can be together. Jesus willingly became a slave to reach us. And David and Johan, they're simply being obedient to 1 John. They're simply replicating what God had already showed them. David and Johan didn't do anything original. They said they understood that our life, we are supposed to sketch an accurate portrait of God. We're supposed to make sure that the world can see God in all of his beauty and all of his glory and all of his love. And so David and Johan did the logical thing. They said, well, we will just act out what God did for us. How do you ensure that you're painting an accurate portrait of God to the world? For David and Johan, they just said, well, we're just going to follow our rabbi's footsteps. We will love the way he loved. Wow. 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 Every minute and every hour and every day, we are creating a silhouette of God to the world around us. When we choose to forgive, when we choose to be generous, when we choose to love our enemy, when we choose to care for the marginalized, the widow, the orphan, the refugee, do you know what happens every time we do this? God's love becomes clear. Or another way of saying it is the silhouette of God that our lives are creating becomes more accurate. The portrait that we are sketching 
becomes more lifelike. And, and then God's goal of being in a relationship with everybody is easier because what we're creating is, is more like him. When we gather together as different congregations, different races, different backgrounds, we have different quirks, we have different preferences. When we put all of that aside for the name of Jesus, the silhouette of God is more accurate. His love becomes more clear. The profile isn't caricatured anymore. It's a little bit more lifelike. This is what 1 John is saying. It's saying the day that you signed up to be a Christian, you also signed up to be an artist, to be a silhouette maker. You said yes to being handed scissors. So the question we need to ask ourselves is what kind of image are we creating? We're all cutting. We're all sketching. That's not an option. The only thing we must decide is will our life, will our love, will it look like the love that we've been shown or will it create a distorted version? Voice, new life. What image of God will your life create? Let us pray. Jesus, we first and foremost, we praise you for what you have done for us. Before we even think about making a snip of the scissors, before we even think about trying to sketch you, we first receive the love that you have for us. We receive the grace. We allow your precious blood, which was shed, to run over us head to toe and to make us clean. And so God, right now, we stop and we receive. We say thank you that the lamb was slain. Thank you that you chose slavery so we could be free. Thank you that you chose death so we could have life. If there is anybody in this room that has not received that, do not even think about taking the scissors until you first received the love of God in all of its goodness and all of its fullness. And Jesus, as we receive it, and as we're overwhelmed with gratitude, as we're overwhelmed with thanksgiving, God, may our response be, okay, Lord, I want to sketch it to the best of my ability to my brothers and sisters around me. And so Holy Spirit, show us where we need to repent. Holy Spirit, show us the decisions and actions we've been making that are not in alignment with your love and with your profile and with your character. Lord, show us the ways that are distorting your goodness, that are caricaturing you to the world. And may we repent today. Holy Spirit, point out the blind spots, not to shame us, but to bring our heart and our life into alignment with the love of Christ. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday, and until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.